Ah, alright, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Timothy Plain. And I'm Alark Purcell. Each week we discuss different filmmaking topics and give you our point of view on them, not because we're experts, because we're not, but we're just two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. Every week when we like put together the show notes, I write down a bunch of stuff that I'm feeling, and I like feeling it like really deeply. Oh man, I want to talk to Ulrich about this. And then sometimes when it comes to recording it, I just don't, I'm not feeling it the same way. Oh really? Wow. Does that happen funny. to you? <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes. Like especially in the daily struggle section and like this first section part. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I just feel like sometimes we'll talk about something and I'll, you know, like, yeah, it's gonna be such a great episode. Like, man, it's gonna be so good. Like, this is such an important thing. And then, yeah, it gets to the morning and then it's like, ah, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't really have a lot to say about that right now. And it, it sometimes yeah. it's been about things that like I've been like depressed about or whatever. That's um, usually what it is. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes it's just about whatever. It's just, but then we always somehow get through it and make a good episode. So, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of these feelings that I have throughout the week are very temporary. And I feel like, oh, I, I have this feeling and it's an interesting feeling to have as a filmmaker and I want to share it. But then when I share it on the show, sometimes I feel like uh, it's not really like exactly the spirit of what I felt like two days ago or even just a day ago. And I think a lot of it's just waking up in the morning and just not really yet in that mindset. I think throughout the day, my my mind kind of gets more into that emotional space that I feel when I'm writing these notes. And then the, the morning time, it's too fresh. Mm. I haven't had a, I haven't had a chance to like really kind of live my life yet and feel it interesting well <laughs> do you feel so you feel that way about your daily struggle is what you're saying yeah because i wrote down two things here that i wanted to talk about and right now i'm like fe- feeling neither of these things like really deeply so i'm just worried that it's going to come across as like maybe a little half-hearted or i don't know just not as not as passionate as i wanted it to sound Mm, okay well do you want to not talk about them or do you want to just do it and see what happens (laughs) i don't know i was kind of thinking like maybe i shouldn't be writing down what i want to talk about on the podcast in this very first part maybe it's it's good to write it down but then throw it away in the morning if that's not what i'm feeling i'm trying to think like what am i feeling right at this moment this morning like before you hopped on i was working on a business plan for Haunted Toy House. I was pulling out um, movies with similar budgets to what I'm going after and what mm. their box office was and, and dropping that into it. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's that's a, that's something I've seen in these business plans before. Yeah. Those kind of comp... Com, com, I was going to say, those kind of comps. Uh, kind of those kind of comparisons. Comparisons, yeah. yeah. man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not really feeling anything about that, though. I don't oh, know what I'm you. feeling. Uh, yeah. But I'll just I'll just talk about what I wrote down then. All I just right. felt I guess what I was feeling was that I would <laughs> What I was feeling is that I wasn't feeling what I wrote down. There yeah. you go. All right. So I, dumb. I, I feel so you. Dumb. <laughs> um the kind of the, I think we've been talking about diversity a lot lately and a diversity in media. Right. You know, we've had several conversations on the show about it and it's like something that everyone's talking about, especially because of the, the Oscars is so white thing. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of affected me like, oh, in yeah. a pretty in a pretty big way because I, I haven't really been super conscious about it. It's something that, 
So that's kind of like, yeah, of course, totally. But taking on responsibility myself as a filmmaker, it hasn't really been something that's come up before. And now I feel like a, like a huge amount of responsibility, like so much so that in some ways I'm scared that I can't live up to the responsibility that I feel. And a lot of me just wonders, should I just step aside and let other people have a voice? Like, why, why am I, I feel like I'm getting in the way. The, what, the world doesn't need another white, middle-class suburban filmmaker. And I, I don't know if I can really live up to like what I think needs to happen in order for diversity in media to be not just um i was watching i mean this is is kind of going on a tangent for a second but i'll come back to it but i was watching generation x special and they're talking about like united colors of benetton like showed all these different like races coming together but there was still like so much racial tension in the united states and in some ways it was kind of like people were perpetuating this idealistic view that yeah we're all like one people and we're all living together in harmony but they weren't really getting at the heart of the problem which is like yeah i can make movies and i can cast diverse faces into those into those roles but am i really helping at all or am i just really kind of ignoring the problem and just presenting it in in a different way uh i think you're no i don't i don't i don't think you're ignoring the problem and presenting it in a different way i feel like that, I think that is the problem, right? If the problem <laughs> is that people think it has to be this big thing. Like if you cast a, you know, a black person or, um, you know, a Mexican person or even an Asian person in, in a lead role, that it has to be like that. Now that it has to be about that. And, you know, I, I, I respect that and I understand that and I, I see why that's important. But I think the, the bigger issue is why don't we just cast whoever we want and however we want, no matter what we want at all times and then now that going towards more towards something like that that kind of feels like true equality is if you just cast however you feel and it doesn't matter if your lead is you know um whatever yeah gay a woman you know any other person but a white person like it just it it shouldn't matter right you know and i feel like that's where my mind's at is is not really like oh i gotta tell stories that really you know show the the life of um you know like you know the mexican immigrant who's living in oakland like and like really capture that story because because that's not my story so i can't really tell that story appropriately i could probably partner with somebody who's written a movie like that and help bring it to life by directing it and i feel like i could do a good job at that but i can't really write that story necessarily nor should i right but what i can do is i can cast whoever i want in any of the roles i want so i can just you know Pick a, pick a Mexican actor or, you know, a Mexican-American actor, throw them in to the lead role of a, a sci-fi movie that I wrote. And I feel like that is probably, you know, just as important in a different way, you know? Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with you. Like, there should be more um, diverse filmmakers making movies out there like that. I totally support that and I want to be a part of that. And I, you know, in, a, in some ways I have been a part of that, which is really, really wonderful. Um, not in big ways yet, but in some small ways. And I, uh, I don't know. I want to continue to do that as like a producer or, you know, whatever. But then I also want to just, I don't know, just 
cast diversely. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I'm, I'm going to have a screening at the Grand Lake Theater next week. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be probably maybe be asked this question. Um, and <laughs> it's I don't such wanna... a big this issue right, <laughs> right now, right? And I don't and know you, how to wait, answer it. Like, without... yeah, for people that don't know, Ulrich's film Brother has two leads that are African American, and then she she's in a relationship, a mixed race relationship. Like, yeah, the, her boyfriend's white, so that yeah. it might come up as like, why did you make that decision? Is there deeper meaning to it? Yeah, and I mean, I've been sort of thinking about it. Like, I just want to, because like my whole thing is, you know, I live in Oakland, and a lot of the people who live here are in uh, interracial. They're interracial couples. You know, it's like not mm-hmm. just what it's always. It's mixed up over here, which is wonderful. You know, and so I kind of felt like even the strange thing that I wanted um, my lead couple to be, um, you know, a mixed race couple of of any kind. You know, um, but that didn't happen just due to casting and, and due to who I found and, and the, the, the different personalities. And so, you know, I was like, okay, well for the next one, I definitely want to try to make that happen. And then, um, you know, it kind of like, it's, it's interesting because like, I wasn't necessarily even thinking that the brother character would be any specific, you know, um, nationality of any kind. It's just yeah. I was online looking at clips of comedians. I saw Capone and then I saw a bit of my brother-in-law who I based the character on in Capone, like just in the look and like in his, the way that he like talked and his jokes. And I was just like, and then I just saw this thing that's like look in his eye that like he wasn't really using to be menacing, but I could see it as a menacing stare. And I was like, that guy would be amazing in this role, you know? And then I just, he inspired you. Exactly. And then, so I just went from there and then, you know, since he's black, it's like, well, his, his sister, um, you know, should also be black because that makes the most sense. Right. You know? Right. And so that's kind of how I ended up going in that direction. And that's sort of like how my casting process went, but it's like, it's hard because it's like at one one hand I am like consciously casting minority actors or just non-white actors in roles but that's just it's not because I feel like I have to it's more because I want to because that's my preference as that's what I want to see more of <laughs> right right yeah. like I don't want I'm so that's sick of lens. white it's your lens of the world your perspective on what you see around yeah. you and and what yeah I love that. That's that's what you want to see in movies, and you even say that. Like you, you get sick sometimes when you see the casting in certain movies, and you're like, oh, I wish they just would have like done something different." Yeah, that's cool. That's I think that's a a very valid point for me. I think I just kind of I tend to think of everybody in my head as as white. Mm. <laughs> so for me, it's more of a more of like a conscious decision I have to make. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I just, I just, I think of all the options, I guess, you know, like I, I, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm trying to do that more. Like, I think definitely, I, I'm not going to lie, like earlier things I've written, yeah, they've all kind of like been pictured as white in my head. But now when I'm writing, I'm definitely just thinking of it being as like, yeah, that could be whatever. It doesn't have to be yeah. anything, you know? And I'm, Completely. Yeah. Even just being friends with you, I've started thinking that way. And that's awesome. Like, I think it's just sometimes just people taking the step forward and then everyone else kind of sees it and goes, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, that totally works. And I think we get so used to seeing things a certain way that it's really just breaking out of that mold and seeing it being done a different way that makes people realize that it can be done. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. This is this might be a weird thing to say, but like part of me sort of worries <laughs> that like maybe people are like I don't know, like what people are reading in by my casting. They're like, Oh, you're casting this because you know, not because you really want to, because you think it's gonna be good for blah 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 blah. And I don't know. That's not that's not really a nice feeling to have. I mean, maybe I'm probably putting too much weight onto what other people think, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just I just think I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I think it's awesome. And and before I ever talked to you about this stuff, I just felt like that's just kind of what you wanted to do. I didn't feel like you were pandering to an audience or trying to do something different just for different sake. I just felt like. That was I didn't really know your reasons behind it, but I just knew that like that for some reason that's like what you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just think that I like I want to work with the best actors possible, and um, you know, so far I have been able to work with some fantastic actors who just happen to be black, you know, and yeah. it's great, and I love it, and I want to keep on doing that. But I want to work with actors of of all different, um, you know, nationalities. Like, yeah, like you know, whatever, Korean. Chinese, Japanese, uh, Mexican, Indian. I mean, it's it's interesting because the movie I'm working on now, um, I would say 80% of the cast is um, Indian American, you know, mm-hmm. which is freaking awesome, you know, and, it, and it's just a, it's just fun to work on because like they bring so much of their own like culture and life into the role, even if they're not, if they're trying not to, you know, like because, you know, they're, they're, um, one of the lead is, leads are is from Karachi and the other lead is from Bombay I think and you know they just they have this 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 way about them that is different than you know even um an american uh indian american living in like living here you know yeah. has so it's just like this kind it's like this little little extra spice that uh makes it extra nice you know it's yeah just well i think that's it's what <laughs> makes america the country it is is that everyone brings their own stuff with them yeah and i think that that's what interests interests me about this country is that we all come from different backgrounds like even my family my mom's side of the family came from switzerland so like i have like this like deep swiss roots even though I'm American, I like I feel connected to Switzerland. And my wife is Japanese, so she was she grew up in Tokyo. So we have this like mix in our house of like Swiss culture and Japanese culture and we're living in the United States. And I think that's a common experience for a lot of people is like we're not just Americans. We're Americans that we we bring culture with us from other countries and we kind of respect that culture, whether it's religious or it it comes from, uh, you know, that where we grew up. So I think that's what what I'm kind of missing a lot of times in the stories. And it's probably, you know, those stories in the past have felt maybe too specific for a broad audience. And it's harder, you know, if I'm if I'm writing a story about Swiss culture maybe I'm only going to appeal to Swiss people. So maybe that's some of the fears that, you know, you water things down and try to get it as broad as possible. And then you end up just making movies for, you know, the a, a majority of people and you just ignore all the minorities. And I think that's just, it's unfair and I don't want to be that, that person. And I wonder like, can I ever live up to what I want to do in my head? And if I can't, should I just step aside or try to find filmmakers that are doing it and support them? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm kind of like, 
I'm feeling a little bit of guilt. Huh. Maybe it's white that's, guilt. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like, you know, it's definitely okay to feel that way. But I also think that, I mean, you can make any type of movie you want to make, you know? So, I don't but know. I also feel like it's not fair that I have all these advantages over other people. Like, because I'm white and I'm middle class suburban kid, like I have advantages that other people don't because I kind of belong in certain cliques, you know, like I can go and I can sit in a room with people and, and, and blend in where somebody like my friend who's from Egypt, who's in LA right now that we're going to hopefully have on the show soon is talking about how he feels like he's constantly an outsider. And I don't have that feeling. I don't I don't have a feeling of being an outsider and I feel like the struggle that that I go through is not as great as the struggle of some other filmmakers and I feel like that's unfair and I feel guilty about it. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I, I kinda feel awkward just because um you know, like I feel like separated in a lot of ways because I just cause I am awkward about things and you know, um I don't know. But I mean, obviously I don't have any of the problems that your friend has or that, you know, other filmmakers, um, you know, who are non-white have. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really feel guilty about it. I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know, man. I just feel like I want to tell stories that are different and interesting, you know, whatever that means. And because I've been thinking, I was looking at your, the, your episode, you know, notes the other day you know, yesterday and thinking about this and then thinking about like what I was going to say at the film festival in regards, to, if, if yeah. I was to be asked that question. And I just, I just want to tell fun stories that are different than what I've been seeing, you know? And, um, it's like, like, why am I a valid filmmaker? Like why, why, why am I more important as a filmmaker than someone else? And yeah, why are you? I I don't know. I don't. I I can't really say. Like all I can say is that I'm striving for something, and um, you know, I I I kind of know what that is, and I'm gonna keep going for it, and hopefully people will react posit positively to what I'm trying to create. You know, and I'm not necessarily right. achieving that, but I'm getting pretty close. Like I was thinking about like, okay, for Strange Thing, like I kind of felt like I had achieved about seventy percent of my vision. And after watching Brother yesterday, uh, when I burned the final Blu-ray and brought it to the festival director, I kind of felt like I've got probably maybe 80% of my vision for this one. And so it's like, well, that's pretty close to 100%. Like, I don't know what the next one's going to be. Like, it could be 50% or yeah, maybe 80% again, or maybe even 82%, like getting closer and closer to 100%. But I mean, it, it feels good good to to feel that way about about my work like even though i know it's not perfect there's like lots of issues but to to be like yeah i had this idea to make this weird movie and i made this weird movie and that's awesome <laughs> and it it doesn't look like other movies necessarily and i think that is something that i want to keep on doing is like just you know like i i like i see the type of movies that i like that i want to see being made right now like they are, they are happening like ex machina is one and mm -hmm. uh this movie spring is very much in the same vein of like the kind of movies i want to make um there's like a couple others that just feel like have it's like this like genre sort of bending drama sci-fi and it's right. it's out there it's being put together by other people who who love the same thing as I do like uh the guest is probably pretty close um you know maybe a little bit more actiony but kind of same sort of 
thing and it's like yeah they're being made so i want to i want to add my voice to that like i want to make my own that are doing that same kind of thing but like in a different way and pushing the envelope in a different direction that people aren't pushing things, you know? And so I guess that's why I feel validated to make movies. And then on the set, on top of that, all those movies I mentioned were whitewashed casts for the most part. <laughs> Let me right. think. Um, spring, definitely. Uh, the guest, almost. They, no, they had, they had one they? Pro- prominent character that was black, which was great. And I love that actor. He's fantastic. Uh, the the CIA guy who came. Uh, oh right, I was like, who is yeah. that? Yeah, so uh, that yeah. you can't say that was whitewashed. I mean, the leads were, but you know, not um, you know, n- not all the characters. Anyways, the point is like doing that and then adding like you know like getting some different voices as part of that because even if I, I'm the writer and director, um, and I'm not always going to be the writer director. Maybe I'll just be the director on some stuff. But the the char- the actors that you cast, they bring their own personality their own voice their own energy and and like it's like they're putting their own stamp onto it whether or not you as a a director uh will admit it but it's they're not just pawns obviously like they're a huge creative force yeah they're not meat puppets (laughs) i think some people think of them as meat puppets but they're definitely not (laughs) like i mean just you know being a part of the valley you see how much the actors bring you know Mm -hmm. and and they cast it so well because they just take the the written word and they just bring it to life in this way that feels real it feels human you know and it it feels true to them and and i think that is like the hardest thing to do as an actor and something that they're doing so well and so it's it's just wonderful to be a part of you know, and um, and just witness it and, and, and do my bit to help it help them do their job, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like I hogged this section with my, my white guilt. Did, is there something else you wanted to talk about? Um, no, I, I've been so busy and so tired and so overworked lately that I, I had no time to think and I was just going to talk about whatever came out and... I feel That's like, yeah, I feel like this conversation was good because I, I had been thinking about it. Um, I would say I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Oh yeah, is this part this is, of like your crisis, basically, in some way? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is definitely a big part of the crisis because I'm trying to. It, it all fits into this whole thing of like, why, why do I deserve to make films? And hearing you talk about it, I mean that that was really helpful. So thanks for doing that. But it's like. I just don't feel like I have like a unique enough voice or that I have anything interesting or new to say. So the, like part of me is feeling like, why, what am I doing? Why, why am I making movies unless I can do that? I mean, I'm here on this podcast every week preaching that. So if I'm not practicing what I'm preaching, then what am I doing? Why don't you think about a story that, um, that, that explains how you're feeling now? Like, mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, yeah. Like it could be a carpenter who doesn't understand why they deserve to be carpenting or or an artist or a writer or even could be a filmmaker. I, I would probably go to the filmmaker just because I don't I don't mind movies. I, I, I kind of even like movies about the about mm-hmm. filmmaking. So like, I don't know, you should just think about explore it. Yeah, that's what I try to do, too, is like when I'm thinking about like I'm rewriting the alternate or whatever. And like, I'm like getting stuck or like, I'm like, Oh, this is, why is this here? Like, this isn't important to me. It's like, I just think about my life and the, and the things I'm dealing with, like, you know, either Mm -hmm. with, you know, in my relationships, 
in general or career wise or whatever, like what am I feeling and what what is what is what are my struggles day to day? And then it's like, okay, well, how can I infuse those into the story? Because that's gonna make it more real and more full of life, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. You should try that. You should try writing even just a short story about you know, what you're, what you're dealing with now. And I think it'll be great therapy. And then it it might be something really interesting to say too, you know? Yeah. What I'm trying to do right now is I'm writing a lot of personal essays and just kind of digging into all these feelings and just trying to figure out like, what is it that, I'm, what is it underneath the surface? Like I know there's like some stuff that's boiling at the top that I can talk about, but there's also a bunch of feelings and, and anxieties that I have that I don't totally understand. And so I'm trying to dig into those so I can really understand what it is that I'm feeling. So then, yeah, maybe there a story will fall out of that. Um, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. One of the things I think about a lot too is like, how does technology fit into our lives? What's our relationship with technology now? I mean, it's, it's constantly changing and um, I'm also feeling really nostalgic for the past. And like, mm. Why am I feeling so nostalgic for the past? And like, what does it mean to, to get older and, and kind of feel like, Time's just passing by and, you know, there's a lot of things swimming through my head and hopefully all this, even though it's like a little bit of turmoil and, and emotional upset right now, that I'll come out of it on the other end with something to say. And I'll be like, this is it. I'm going to write a story about this. And this is going to be the, the thing that I want to like dedicate my time into bringing into the world. But I just yeah. don't have it yet. Yeah, I, I think, you know, keep living life, right? And then keep on writing every day. These these personal essays are probably really helpful to, to start to find that, that movie. It's like I I even know what to say, man. Like I'm 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 uh I'm really lucky. Like I already have the story that I wanna tell, you know, yeah, you right are. there. And I've been living with it for three years now and I still wanna tell it like passionately. So yeah, I'm I'm a... I, I should shut up. It's like, oh, I, I don't have anything to talk about here. I've got my story. I got to just get it made, you know? Yeah. The one thing I wanted to say before we move on is just, um, you know, when I, I we are texting and, uh, you know, because I was late and I had to go get coffee because I just I just woke up and I'm still basically asleep right now. But um, <laughs> you had said, well, you're living the dream. And well, at least maybe not the exact dream because you're not directing. But, you know, at least you've got you're doing something. <laughs> and I yeah. was looking at a text message and I was like, I, I am living the dream, man. Like, I definitely feel like I'm living the dream. Like, I, it doesn't matter that I'm not the director. I, I get to work with actors. I get to work with the director. I get to talk to the DP. Um, I'm not really giving any creative advice and I'm trying desperately to not do that because I want, I, that's my instinct obviously is to be like, I wouldn't put the camera there. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do this, but it's not my movie. So I, I can't say those things. I haven't, yeah. which is great. Um, but I, I get to like, you know, like I get to talk about what my job is, like the continuity, like, you know we saw this in the, in the background in this shot, but it's okay because they didn't, it didn't move and you could probably get rid of it. And you know, this worked and that didn't, you know, whatever, but it's all within the continuity of things, you know? And, but I still get to talk to the DP and the director and the actors. It's like, I get to be there while they're doing the creative process. Cause I'm taking notes. It's like, it's like magical to me, you know? And I know some people don't feel that way. I know some people who work on movie sets, like, if they're not doing the one thing that they wish they were doing, they kind of feel like, you know, they're not actually getting any closer. Um, and partly they might be right, but I also kind of feel like just being a part of it and being there 
it's like you're getting yourself closer no matter what. It's like as as long as you're turning yourself open to the experiences around you, like you're you're doing your job, but you're also going to film school every moment you're on a narrative set, I think. You know, or any set really, but I mean if you want to be a narrative filmmaker, then you're you're really like getting it's like taking a class basically. You know, like a cra- like a crash course of some kind, you know, because it's all happening around you and if you're open to it, you're you can learn so so much, you know. Nice. Well, well said, and I'm I'm glad that you see it that way because that's that's much better than the alternative where you're like, oh man, I'm I'm on a film set, but I'm not doing what I want to do. Like you're right, you're totally right. You are on the way, my yeah. man, on the way. Yeah, I just wish that we weren't working splits. I wish because like I haven't seen my wife since Saturday, really. You know, because I want to work on more movies. Like now, I'm really excited. Now it's like any opportunity to script supervise, like throw me in there. You know, but. Uh, <laughs> But well, yeah. I'm curious to know, like, that before, okay, let's see, before you got the job as a script supervisor on this film, were you looking at at that job and going, I don't know if this is really the, I mean, I think we talked about this. I don't know if this is really the right thing to do. I don't know if I really want to work this hard on a set when I'm not the director, because this kind of like segues into our topic of like choosing money over happiness and what we think happiness actually looks like versus what it actually is. Like, did you have some reservations about taking that job when well, it was first offered to you? When it was first offered to me, no. I was like, this is perfect. Like, I'll get to script supervise another movie. I get okay. to do one a year. That'll be amazing. But then the Korean American movie came around and it was like, well, shit, now I get, I'm getting the chance to produce a movie and I have to script supervise this stupid movie and I'm trying right. to produce this thing. Like, oh my God, like, I wish I had never agreed to do it. And then um, the Korean American movie kind of fell apart, like sort of while the other one started. And like now it's like not in motion at all, really. And I don't know. I kind of feel like it's really great that I did the script supervising job because I'm learning so much and meeting so many cool people. And it's it's given me a lot of life towards or energy towards making my own feature, you know, Um so, yeah, I definitely had those feelings of like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this like right before I started. But now that I'm in it and it's it's almost done, I feel like it was really amazing that I got to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, there. This I guess it's not quite the, the same thing as what I, what I wanted to talk about, which is there's a study where they offered people like it was uh, students in a classroom and they offered them $2 to sit in the back of the class. They couldn't check the internet. They couldn't read anything. They couldn't do anything. They just had to sit there. And then they offered the other students uh, an opportunity to sit in the front of the class and solve problems. And a lot of people chose to sit at the back of the class because they thought, you know, it's better to just be bored and not do anything. And I think it, the guy who started the study used to have a job as like um, a museum security guard, you know, just standing around and making sure people don't touch the paintings. And he was wondering, like, why do people choose jobs that ultimately end up being really boring? And mm. I think that people overvalue like their hard work. And um, if, they, if they're going to do hard work, they want to be paid, paid more for it. So the people that said they would sit in the front of the class and do problems wanted to be paid more than the people that sat in the back of the class. But at the end of the experiment, the people that worked hard and solved problems were far happier than the people that just sat around doing nothing. And I think that says so much about who we are as humans that when you're bored, it's so easy to get depressed. But when you're busy, it's 
I feel like I'm always so much happier when I'm actually doing something, even yeah. though if, if if in the moment I have a choice between doing nothing or doing something, I, I think I usually choose to do nothing because it just sounds so much easier. But in fact, it's just it's kind of degrades at happiness. So I'm wondering, like, why do people choose money over happiness? And have you ever chosen money over happiness? And like, how can we get better at, at making sure that we're making decisions that are going to make us happy rather than pursuing the money? Yeah. Well, right now I am, I'm choosing, um, happiness over money, you know, like by working mm-hmm. on this movie, cause I'm getting paid, uh, like a quarter of what I normally get paid, but I get to work on a movie where I normally have to work on soul crushing corporate videos, you know? And so I'm definitely making the decision to, you know, work on the problem rather than do nothing, you know, or, or at least that, um, um, that version of that, right? You know, it's like take mm-hmm. take the money and you know sit sit behind a camera for eight hours and point it at a lecture hall, you know, or I get to run around and, and <laughs> oh, yeah. bust my ass. And, there you uh, go. That's like you know, a, that's a perfect example. Like do the script supervising thing, but I'd much rather do be a script supervisor than manning a, a video camera in a lecture hall. Just yeah. because it's it's just way more fulfilling. It's not even that people knew that they were going to be having more fun by solving problems. They just saw it as extra work. And I think that's kind of the, the lesson to take away from it is that sometimes the extra work might seem daunting or unfun when you enter into it. But then when you're actually going to do it, it might be more fun. So maybe the, the lesson is not to shy away from having to work hard. And that, yeah. and that knowing that working hard is going to make you feel more fulfilled. But if you imagine that the alternative is just standing around doing nothing, that sounds attractive from the outside. I think we all kind of dream of like doing nothing and like winning the lottery and doing nothing. But that's probably not going to lead to happiness. Yeah, I would go insane. I can't do nothing. I have to be doing something, you know, and working towards something, you know. And I think as as a filmmaker and... um. You know, I, I can't really speak to how everyone else lives, but I know how you do it and how I do it. It's like we're making that choice. We're we're choosing um, happiness over money by being filmmakers because we're not getting paid to what we're for what we're doing. We're actually right. paying to do what we want to do. And so I feel like as filmmakers, this is sort of the choice we're making, unless unless we're not actively living out that dream. And I think there are people who like you know are. Um, you know, identify as as a filmmaker, but aren't necessarily taking the steps to do this. Like they're like, oh yeah, I want to be a director. You know, it just hasn't you know worked out yet. And it's like, because I ask people all the time, like, oh, you ever directed a short film? And you know, like, yeah, a little thing here, or oh, I'm working on something, or you know, I just haven't had time. It's like, you know. I don't know. Maybe this will sound like being a jerk, but like, you know, you <laughs> I know can where you're do it. With this. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, you can make time. Like I, I made my first short when I had a full time, you know, 50 to 60 hour a week job, you know, but I, I made it happen. Um, and I mean, you've, you've made movies while you had full time jobs, yeah, you know, like absolutely. It, that's how you have to do it. And I mean, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is there's really no excuse for not making your own movie. Like you can, anyone can go out and do it. You just have to do it. Like, and if you want to be a director or a writer, producer, a DP, really, you have no reason not to make a movie like, you know, right away, like start planning now, you know? Yeah. I met people that are just waiting for the right time. I don't know exactly what the right time looks like in their head or, or I've even, I've, I've done this myself where I want to work on a screenplay and I want to wait until I have vacation, but 
vacation is like the worst time to work on a screenplay. Oh yeah, especially if you're in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, not, I mean not nothing nothing happens if I if I work if I wait till vacation to work on something, nothing will happen. So it kind of comes down to like how bad do you want it? And right. the people that just talk about it and they have like this dream of what it means to be a filmmaker or I guess for my my um for me it was my dream of being a novelist. Like I always thought that just sounded so romantic sit down on your typewriter and you write novels that sounded so cool but did i ever do it well i wrote one book but that's it and then i didn't do it it again published no it's just sitting in my closet oh what the hell man publish that shit um so you know (laughs) it's like i think to me it's kind of like that where like you can talk about it you can dream about it but unless you're actually doing it you're not you don't really want it that bad and so right. it's like the difference between the doers and and the the sayer the sayers and the doers, talkers the, and the doers. Yeah, doers and the sayers. I guess. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So I get frustrated with the people that just talk, that talk, 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 and don't do anything. Yeah, and then I feel like I have this emotion where I always feel like I'm not doing enough, or I'm not where I want to be, or whatever. Oh, yeah, or, me too. You know, like I'm 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 too slow. Like I'm never gonna get my goals the way I'm I'm working. But then I I shut my my brain up and I just look and I like, well, shit, dude, you made four short films. Um, you know, two one of which is out, another one's coming out right away, and then you have another one to edit. It's like you're making movies. Like now you need to take the next step and stop dicking around with short films <laughs> and make and make your feature. And like yeah. now is the time to do it. And I and I feel like I can do it now. I feel like I have all the tools necessary. I feel like I have the energy. I feel like I have the will. Um, I don't have the money, but I feel like I can start getting, I think I can get a little bit of it. I think I can get just enough to, to maybe approach somebody to help me get some more, you know? So I don't know. I feel like I have all the energy and momentum behind me now. And it's like when this movie ends and after I release brother on the, on the eighth or seventh or eighth or whatever the day is, well, it's, it's basically the seventh and the eighth. Then, um, Boom, feature time. It's all going to be about the alternate going forward. And I'm not going to, you know, invest as any time into the Korean American movie until they have the budget secured. Cause I just can't, I just can't do that for them. I mean, I, they want me to help them raise their money, but I can't. I, the only money movie I can raise money for is my own movie. I yeah, just, I think that's you smart. Know, and I, th- I think one thing that you said too that I, I want to make sure everyone heard is that you're not waiting for things, for one movie to, kind of help the other movie get made like every project that you do is its own isolated thing like i met with a a filmmaker friend of mine last thursday and the way he talks about filmmaking is like he's trying to win the lottery like nothing nothing about it is about personal growth he's like making a film he'll enter it into a festival and keep entering into festivals and kind of waiting for like some festival to accept him him to get noticed and then his career to start like he's not thinking about the next project he's just focused on trying to win the lottery with that film that he's made and he Mm. told me like he said do you you know the the difference between the people that made it into Sundance and you and I said no what he says that they made it into Sundance and I said well I don't (laughs) I don't know if that's true I think that you know their films are better than mine you know I think you have to be really good in order to get noticed and he's like I don't Mm. think so I think you just I think some people get lucky. Some people get chosen. Some people don't. So the way he's looking about it is like buying a lottery ticket, you know, 
You buy a lottery ticket and you enter and then either, you know, you win or you don't. But to me, it's like, no, you have to be good. You have to grow as a filmmaker. You have to get better and better and better until you can compete in that 1% of filmmakers that are making into Sundance. But you have no chance of making into Sundance if you're not as good as them. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. I also kind of agree with what he's saying. Like, Mm -hmm. it is a lottery ticket. um, And it's not, but like, Sundance isn't like... (laughs) <laughs> when you say lottery ticket, it literally is the lottery. It, it's probably the odds of winning a $20 million lottery is the odds of getting into Sundance without any connections or, or even greater. And mm-hmm. and how much does it cost to make that lottery ticket? Like it, at least $5,000, right? Yeah. You know, or, or a few thousand dollars. So it's like the most expensive lottery ticket ever. And I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think when people talk about that, they're like the lottery ticket, oh, like, you know, I think in their brains, the chances of actually getting in are way higher than they actually are. Like they're really low. Like to get into Sundance is like, it is literally probably like a one in a million shot. And like, I know a million people aren't submitting to Sundance, but just think of it that way. Cause it's probably pretty accurate, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I think the other thing is, is like, it's not a game of chance. Like what we're doing filmmaking is a game of skill. Like you, it's like playing poker. If you sit at a table full of like really good poker players, yeah, maybe you have a shot at winning without really knowing anything about it, but you have a much better chance if you actually know the game, know how people play, and are really good at it. So I feel like in order to win at the filmmaking game, you have to be really good at it. Every once in a while, you have that underdog that's never done anything that just kind of gets lucky, but I don't think I mean that's like a one in a billion chance. So right. I don't think anybody should treat this as winning the lottery and everyone should just treat this as personal growth. And it's like, don't just wait. Like if, if Walrick sat around waiting for brother to go win film festivals, to introduce them to investors, to go make the alternate, he might be waiting for years and years and years. I love the fact that you're just like, while the brother's still being released, you're out there trying to get the alternate made. And that's the way it needs to be done. You need to just keep moving. And I made another movie too. Yeah. And you made another movie. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, the other thing I was going to say is that like, like your movie could be perfect. It could be like the best short film ever made. Like, like the most beautifully shot, the best story. It moves audiences to tears. It is perfect. And it could still not ever get in. Like, yeah, not even, even have a chance Mm -hmm. of ever getting in because, because, you know, like, I don't really know the ins and outs for sure, but like the whiplash short that got into Sundance and right. helped him make the whiplash thing. I'm, I'm, I know for a fact that that dude didn't just submit and like got lucky. Like he, because I think J.K. Simmons was in the short version. Is that right? Oh, was I'm he? pretty sure he was he. Maybe we wasn't. I don't know. I, I, I'm I not should, sure. I'll I look it up right now. I, I have the Blu-ray with the original short on it for Whiplash, so I should be. I could just watch it and find out. But um. <laughs> But but regardless of J.K. Simmons was in it or not, uh, he had connections at Sundance to help him get that movie into Sundance because he had already made a feature by at that point. So this was like his he'd already made a feature. He'd already had some pretty good success. I think he played at Tribeca, his first feature or some prominent film festival. And so, um, you know, he's already in the game. So like in order to get into Sundance, you have to be in the game. Like you don't just Mm -hmm. get into Sundance. You know, no one just gets into Sundance. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe one person in a, in a million has got into Sundance that way. But most people know somebody. They're 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 schmoozing. They're they're doing the they're doing the do. You know, so 
I just feel that. And I think that's even more true now for, for even small film festivals because there's so many people submitting into film festivals. Like, you have to have a connection. You have to know somebody. I mean, that's the only way I got into or- Oakland International. Strange Thing played there last year. That's the only reason why mm-hmm. Brother got in is because they knew who I was. Not and I the think only they were... reason. And your movie's well, good. I think... Yeah, I think... Because his argument was kind of the same thing, was that if you know somebody, you know, that's kind of the way it happens. It's like, well, okay, let's say that you're friends with Francis Ford Coppola. All right. You're he's not going to help you out just because he knows you or that you know him. He's going to help you out because he believes that you have something. You still have to be good in that situation. You still have to be good. You might not have to be as good, but yeah, (laughs) you still have to be good. No, you still have to be good. Ha- having to be good is 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 a uh, you know goes without saying. Like it it can't be shoddy. It needs to be um, at least a- average, if not above average, in order for it to for those things to matter. So it's, you have to know somebody, and you have to be be talented. It's like two levels, right? Because like I I submitted to film festivals that Strange Thing got in, and I didn't get in with Brother too. You know, so it obviously isn't only connections. It's it's a bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I think even even if or I guess if you don't know somebody and you you don't have the connections, that means you have to be that much better to get noticed. You have to be like (laughs) Steven Spielberg, basically. Yeah, I mean Um, that's I think that's the the. That's it. And that's what's frustrating when you're on the outside and you're not really connected is you're like, oh, man, I have to be so good in order to get noticed because it's not enough to be a competent filmmaker. There's plenty of competent filmmakers. You just go search through all the shorts on YouTube and there's plenty of great shorts out there. What yeah. What's the difference between a great short that has 5 million views on it and then the one that, that gets picked up for... A feature film and that director gets whisked off to Hollywood. The connections. Yeah, not much. It's it's just who he knows or who she knows, you know. I think that's that's gotta be it. I mean, I think people do get lucky, obviously, and, and people do win that lottery, quote unquote. But I mean, I think it can't be a like you can't be going into the game thinking that way. Like like I was back before I even made Strange Thing, like there was a a part of me where I was like, Okay, well I I wrote this one short and I was like, Okay, this is kind of the movie I wanna make. And then it was like, well, this is too genre and action-y and this is never going to get into a film festival. So let me write something that's like film festival gold that people will love at a film festival. (laughs) And I wrote that movie and it's like, well, I I can't make this movie because this isn't the movie that's in me to make. Like I can't, you know, I can't pander to the film festival audience. It just isn't what I can do with myself, you know? And so I feel like people who do do that, they they don't, I don't think they're, they're successful. I met a filmmaker who who admittedly said like he made his movie to be the film festival movie that is like the hot film festival movie. And (laughs) he submitted to like 60 film festivals and um, he got close to getting into Austin. And then he, he talked with the festival director at the time and he was like, you know, I love your movie, but it's just too much of what, we have already seen in film festivals. This looks like the hottest film from last year's season. And it's just (laughs) not, we can't, we just, we can't, it just doesn't, it's so close, but it's just, there's nothing different enough about it that it's going to make it come in. He was just so crushed by it. Cause he's like, I did everything right. Like I made the perfect (laughs) film festival movie. And it's like, yeah, you made the perfect film festival movie for the 2012 season. Not the perfect right. film festival movie for the 2013 season, because you don't even know what that's going to be yet. And I think you just have to make the story that is, is important to you. you. You can't 
pander to audiences, to film festivals, to what people, what you think people are, will want, what you think will win the lottery. You just need yeah. to make a movie that means a lot to you, and hopefully that'll react to people. That's a really yeah. good point. I mean, the the when I was just making that comparison, of like the YouTube shorts, like what's the difference be- between the one that just gets like a bunch of views that people like, and then the one that gets picked up? It's probably that the one that gets picked up is like on the edge probably on the edge of the unknown where it's like it's starting to push the boundaries of you know like what's next it's not Mm. it's the unexpected thing it's the thing that we haven't seen before once those things are out in the world we've seen them before and i think it's easy to go back and kind of look and see what the formula is and kind of imagine like oh if i just make a movie similar to this then i could also have the same success but it's like no the success comes from being on the edge of the unknown and to be yeah. on the edge of the unknown, you have to take risks and you have to go after what you think uh, needs to be done that hasn't been done before. And that's a really hard thing to do because it's so much easier just to to fall back on the cliches or the things that you've seen. Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting because like the the film films, the short films that um you know were, went online and did really well and got people directing contracts and you know whisked them away to Hollywood. I would argue that they weren't always the most Not interesting, always, no. <laughs> you know, and they, and they and weren't necessarily doing anything completely new, but they were just doing something that uh, Hollywood likes extremely well, you know, or um, or they're doing it in a in a way that Hollywood hasn't done. So, for instance, Panic Attack. I don't mm-hmm. think that the content of that film was anything new, but I think the way the guy did it was new. Like he, you know, or that was impressive because he did it all by himself. Yeah, and I think for Hollywood, that's they want that because they want the filmmaker that knows how to make things cheaply but look good. And then on the other end, what's that? What's that first person movie that just came out? Yo, Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry, and then that—that's the example of like somebody trying to like push the boundaries. To me, that that gets into like gimmick territory. But I think it's right. like, kind of a good example of like it hasn't hasn't been done before at that level and i think probably somebody saw that and it's like well that's fresh and new like let's go after that let's try it yeah exactly i mean there's been things like it and, and sequences of movies like it and stuff yeah but i don't yeah, I, the there haven't been movies movie. where it's the, the entire movie yeah but um i don't know man i just feel like you need to you need to like the, the reason why you're making films can't be for the results Right. Like you can't be result oriented right. in, in what you're doing in any kind of I think in any kind of artistic field. Like you can't be like, I'm going to make a movie and make a million dollars. I'm going to make a movie <laughs> and become famous. Like right. like if you're if or or whatever or like I'm going to you know make this album and become famous or this painting and become famous. I think if that's what you're doing, if that's what you want, then I think you should be doing something else you know you make a sex video like that'll get you famous faster you know <laughs> than uh well it's interesting has anybody movie. gone after the the fame and the fortune and succeeded maybe uh what's her name um uh, uh fuck what's her name crazy ass uh pop star um oh god what's her name gg <laughs> lady gaga Lady Gaga. Yeah. So Lady Gaga, I think was, uh, she was like a, uh, she studied pop culture at NYU or Columbia or something. And then I think she like manufactured Lady Gaga Mm. to be Lady Gaga. And then, you know, became extremely famous by creating this, this, this persona. You know, so I think she's probably one who went after fame and got it. Cause I mean, I think to, to, to be that person, 
to be Lady Gaga, like you, you have to, fame is a big part of what Lady Lady Gaga is, you know. So I I think that must have been calculated, right? Yeah, but that's interesting. Because I, I I feel like we live in a culture right now where everybody's trying to be famous, everybody's trying to win the lottery. We're talking about it from a filmmaking standpoint, but I think it's happening with like YouTube celebrities and like Instagram oh, yeah. and Twitter. It's like everyone's like trying to get followers, trying to to get a bunch of momentum behind them and. Like it's like we live in this Kardashian culture where we yeah. just want it like fast and easy and we don't we don't want to work for it. But I think that what I, what I've kind of come to the conclusion is that you're right. Like you need to stop focusing on the results and and also just realize that not everyone's going to be famous and right. there's going to be a lot of people that don't. And it's more about going back to our first topic. You got to choose happiness over money and the money is yeah. not going to make you happy. I think it's. It's finding what like drives you, what makes you excited, what like gets you out of bed in the morning and and doing that. And if that's an that's enough. That's enough success. You don't need the the money and the fame and the fortune might not even be that fun once you get it. So, you know, just yeah. enjoy enjoy the things that you have control over and not the results. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I wanted to talk a little bit about what you said in, in this thing here about like, you know, um, you know, getting that internship at Warner Brothers or getting this program. Yeah, I mean, that we, we talked a lot about film festivals, but like the other thing that he's doing is he's like my friend, he's in he's entering like all those internship contests and also like writing scripts and entering screenplay contests. Like it seems like every one of his projects is just like a ticket to enter something and, and hope that he gets noticed through that right i don't I, I just i don't think there's anything really wrong with like entering these internships and you know like sundance labs or no this not at program all. that program i don't enter enough of them i i just partly because um i i just i don't know if i'm the kind of filmmaker that those those programs want like i, I think i'm too genre-y for those kinds of things i think they mm-hmm. want like these like touchy-feely indie like you know i'm gonna grab at the soul of whatever kind of filmmakers and and maybe some of my movies will do that but that's not really what I'm about so I just sort of feel like that's not for me but I know that's not true I know that, that people are open to science fiction and stuff like that at least more these days than before but I just that's just not where my heart is man like I don't want to do an internship in, at Warner Brothers <laughs> I don't want to fucking you know get into this that or that program I don't even want to go on like a six month retreat at you know in Park City and whatever <laughs> like I want to I just want to make movies where I am and so that's what I'm doing and that's what I know I can do and know how to do so I don't know but I mean I, these programs are probably I'm probably being an idiot by not no, at least I, applying I, you know I think that it's not for everyone And but even my advice to people is if you're going to enter all these things don't stop there like don't <laughs> right. like the thing that I learned is because I, I did this I think I did this for quite some time like I, w- I was my friend for a while where it's like kind of trying to win the lottery thinking that that was going to give me the opportunities to make my films and then I realized one day it's like no the oppor- I make my own opportunities like the opportunities aren't going to come to me no one's going to come right. give me the keys to the kingdom like I have to just keep going and keep making stuff so 
you know, go on Kickstarter, yeah. raise your money, like go just scrounge, scrounge together as much as you can to make just like little short films. Like you just got to keep moving. I think as soon yeah. as you stop and you just start like entering things and, and you're not making movies anymore and all you're doing is entering contests and entering festivals, then I think you're going to die. And, I, and oh, I, yeah. I think you have to just focus on getting better, getting good yeah. and, and still. And while you're doing that, you can enter all these things. But, you know, it my friend that I keep talking about in the last 10 years that I've known him, I've only seen him direct one film. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's like waiting to make movies after he's made it. And I yeah, like, kind of like funny. switch, switch that around, keep making movies now. And then well, we, yeah. if you ever make it, then you'll have more opportunities, but you can't wait for the opportunity to come to you. You know? Yeah, I, I'm a little snobby about this, and I mean, and I I'm not trying to be snobby to the rest of the world, but I, I'm more like snobby to myself. But then it it is obviously is going to go out to everyone else too. But like, I don't really think of myself a filmmaker as a filmmaker unless I'm actually making a movie. <laughs> if yeah. I'm not making a movie currently physically, I I'm not really a filmmaker. And like you know, like even when I when I made Strange Thing. And it wasn't done yet. I didn't even consider myself a filmmaker until it was done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then it was done. It was like, okay. But then I wasn't really, I didn't make a movie for a long time after that. I was just writing. And it's like, well, I'm a filmmaker, but I'm kind of, I, I made a movie is more like how I would introduce myself. <laughs> right. Yeah, I made a movie, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe I'll make another one. But like now that I'm, I've made four and I'm, I'm in the current, physically in the process of making another one i can feel very confident and call myself a filmmaker right. you know like when you're when you have your license to sail a boat you have to like maintain a certain number of hours on a sailboat throughout the year in order to keep that license yeah. up so it's kind of like right. that for filmmakers like in a 10-year period if you've only made one film you're not a filmmaker anymore Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's also the whole feature filmmaking thing. It's like, I've only made shorts. Like, am I even a real filmmaker? Like, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just a short filmmaker and I can't even call myself a true filmmaker because I haven't made a feature yet, you know, but I am working. I've worked on features. So, but we had this conversation before, like, are you yeah. a filmmaker if you're just a crew member on a set? And I, I kind of feel like you are a filmmaker because mm -hmm. You're helping the process and in, 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 even in, in a small way, you know? So as long as I can keep doing this, like I'm going to feel pretty lucky, you know, and we'll see how it goes. But I, I just need to be, I need to make a feature now. It's just like, I can't, I can't not, I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to do it right away. You know, I just, that's how I feel about it. You know, like it's been too long of, of having not done it. It just needs to happen. You know, enough talk time to do. Exactly. So you got anything to share this week? Yeah, Brother is premiering at the Oakland International Film Festival on Tuesday, April 7th. Thursday, April 7th. Thursday, April 7th, which this at episode will come out on Monday, Monday. And this will, and the Thursday after this episode comes out. It's on, yeah. So. yeah, so I'll also say, so yeah, if you can't, if you don't live in Oakland or you don't live in the Bay Area and you can't make the screening for whatever reason... Uh, the movie is going to premiere on Friday, April 8th, like at 9 a.m. And it'll actually be online Thursday as well. So if you, I'm, you know, I'll probably tweet out about it a little bit on Thursday, but the big push is going to be Friday. So, um, you know, on Monday, go buy your tickets to see this, uh, you know, to see the movie. But then on Friday, if you listen to this podcast, Friday, April 8th, go back to makingmoviesdesire.com. I will update it with a link to the actual movie. Go watch the movie, tweet the movie, Facebook about the movie, 
a comment on the movie, review the movie. If you tell me if you love it, tell me if you hate it. Spread the word. Tell all your friends. Like wherever it is, go and watch it, review it, love it, share it, hate it, whatever. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for people to see this thing, and I can't wait for it to be online. So well, we waited know. long enough. We're excited. Yeah. And then the next episode that you'll hear after this, oh shit, it won't be the next one. It'll be the one after that. Unless we, unless we purposely wait to record on Saturday, because it would be fun to like talk about how it did on its yeah, first day. I think you so. Know? So maybe we should do a Saturday record next week, and then sure. that way, you know, um, it'll it'll be a, a tight turnaround for me edit wise. But uh, I have the day off, so if we record first thing Saturday morning, I should be able to edit it together <laughs> that day, and then, um, you know, like. Yeah, the the Monday will hit and we'll be like, okay, so how did the premiere go and how did the release of the movie go on Friday? And I can be like, yeah, I only got 1,000 hits. Oh, it only got 200 hits. Oh, I got 10,000 hits on the first day. Oh, my God. Let's like, do you it. Know, Let's, we'll yeah. devote a whole episode to the premiere of Brother. We'll talk yeah. about it. So that'll That's be awesome. next week. And, yeah. and Alric is serious. He wants to know if you hate it. No, it's really, I mean, I, I am, you know, I'm trying to have as thick skin as possible. So if you really do hate the movie, please tell me that you hate it. And, but tell me why you hated it. Don't just tell me you hated it. Cause that's one thing, like to tell me that you just, oh, it sucks. That, that doesn't help. But to right. tell me it sucks because, uh, this, this, and this, right. I didn't that, like the that casting. I didn't like the way it was shot. The lighting's not good. Yeah. Um, I didn't like your story. I didn't like the way it ended. I didn't like the I way it started. I hated the ending. Like, yeah, spe- exactly. Specific things. It doesn't even have to be like uh, a well-written critique. It just needs to be, you know, the reason why you didn't like it, even if yeah. it's totally subjective. I think the worst thing is to, to have someone like, you know, write a comment that like, this movie sucks or terrible this, terrible <laughs> that, and have nothing else backing it up. But right. when I see a comment that says, this movie sucks and gives a reason. I, I like that way more, you know, cause it I helps agree. me to, to work on something, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I also like comments that say I loved it and it was great. <laughs> those are, those are nice too. I mean, but only if you really mean them. I don't want, I don't want any pity, pity comments, no pity comments. Right. Yeah. Cool, man. We'll take us out. All right. So thanks for listening. Check out our website at makingmoviesishard.com where you can subscribe to our show notes and share your thoughts on this episode. Or you can send us an email at podcast at makingmoviesishard.com and we'll share it on the show. You could also go to our filmmakers lounge and start a discussion there and meet with other filmmakers who are like hopefully in your area or just other filmmakers who want to talk about uh, the process of getting their films made because I think that's all, you know, that's what we would need to talk about to, to learn. Um, and then if you like the show, you can tell a friend, tweet us out, share us on Facebook, just help us get the word out any way you can. So thanks for listening and thank you so much, Timothy, for an amazing episode. I think this was a really great conversation. Yeah, thanks, Ulrich. That was good. Started started out wondering if we're going to be able to talk about stuff and look at us now. Yeah, we fired off <laughs> in, a, in a very passionate manner. I oh, think. yeah, so, we we're passionate today. Yeah, it was good. All right. Well, have a great week, everybody. See ya. <laughs>